welcome to another edition of the Otis and James Radio Hour. Hello, hello there, my good people of blog, my good, friendly, friendly people of blog. On this wonderful night, I come to you on uh, this this April 3rd, 2009. Uh, it's, it's Friday. It's, it's uh, TGIF. TGIF, baby, get down, get yourself down to some Fridays, get yourself some poppers, some steak shooters, some uh, some uh, chicken wings, some nachos and cheese. Some, you do it, it's going to be happy hour from, from 2 to 7 tonight at Fridays. Get yourself down there. I tell him I sent you and you'll get a free basket of popcorn shrimp only at Fridays. So TGIF. Uh, also, it's night when the Urkel Show is on ABC, TGIF. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Miami Vice is going to be on NBC tonight at 9 o'clock Central Time. Be sure to check that out. And, of course, uh, after uh, after your local news and uh, in the Twin Cities area, after Cheers airs at 11 o'clock, uh, we're going to have some Friday night videos. <laughs> yeah, find out who all the hit makers are this week on Friday night videos. Life stopped for me in 1984, in case you haven't realized this yet. Welcome to another edition of the Otis and James Blogcast, brought to you high above Main Street, or brought to you from high above Main Street, brought to you by uh, Susie Dog, uh, she, uh, representing all wiener dogs in the world. Susie reminds you, uh, don't let your wiener dogs go up and downstairs because they're going to wind up in wheelchairs if you do that. Uh, even though she loves running up and down the stairs, she knows she can't do it anymore. And don't let her jump out of the bed either. But don't be one of those parents of doggies that lets your dog sleep in the bed. Because that'd be just awful. Like, I, I actually make my dog Susie sleep in the bathtub at nighttime. Turn the lights off in the bathtub, in the bathroom. And I, uh, I, I, uh, I turn the faucet to drip. So it drips occasionally. And lock her in the bathtub. And she seems to enjoy it. I mean, I wouldn't know because I'm not in there with her, and the and I can't hear anything in there. Uh, so I think I'm recording this on the wrong thing right now. I'll have to check something out here. Little little technical fix there. I, I don't know if that makes a difference or not. Uh, I may have done a Beatles thing there for a second and uh, just given you one channel, the left or the right channel. For those of you that don't know. In, in in my life, uh, there are people I remember. Some are young and some are gone or something like that. But uh, I, I can't hear out of my left ear. And people think, a lot of times people think I'm, I'm joking around about that. But I'm for real about that. I, I can show you the paperwork if you need, if you need to see it. Uh, but what that means to me is not much because I don't know what I'm missing out on. I never, uh, I never had it, so it's it's no big deal to me. It's uh, it just means I have to turn my head to the left a lot more, and, and my head oftentimes gets sore on the left hand side. Uh, what else? The 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 main thing it meant to me, and the first time, the the really the first and probably one of the only times it it meant anything to me. Uh, was when I was younger uh, in my more my more my developmental stages of life when everyone goes to that phase where they discover that band from Liverpool called the Beatles it's John it's Paul it's George it's Ringo it's the Beatles and uh, you know you, you're you're a kid and the parents don't want you to blast the music but you you want to blast the music but if you if you're like me your bedroom's right next door to your parents' bedroom so you can't blast the music because otherwise you're gonna have the you know turn that junk down. 
It'd be awesome. My parents actually said, turn that junk down. It was the Beatles. It's as if my, my parents were born in 1914. Turn that racket down. Uh, but uh, it doesn't make a difference. I think I don't know. I don't know what happens with parents at some point. At least for, from uh, my generation, is that uh, all music became racket at some point. No matter what it, it may have even been music they listened to at some point, but it just became sheer racket to them. And I think it has to do with the fact that they just lose their hearing over time, and all they hear is just like, and it's just a bunch. You might as well have a chainsaw running in your bedroom. Uh, but anyways, uh, so you, you put the headphones on. You get the old the old headphone, and you plug it into the front of your receiver, and you sit there, and you uh, you listen to, you listen to the Beatles records. And 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 if you ever listen to the Beatles, uh, and I hope that you do. I hope all of you listen to the Beatles out there. It's uh, they they're really some of the first rock and roll artists. Them and the Beach Boys were some of the first ones to take advantage of stereo recording. And uh, you don't see this as much anymore as you used to then, but uh, they would mix it a lot of the times. So you would have like drums and bass on your left side and like uh, hand clapping and tambourine and one vocal on your right side, which means that uh, more often than not, uh, songs were just, they were insane to listen to. Uh, the first Beatles album I ever bought, I ever purchased for myself was uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And uh, there's that song, When I'm 64, on it. And, uh, and when I listen to it, I have the choice of either hearing pa- Paul McCartney sing with the drums, or I have the choice of the uh, clarinet with the bass. And, and so which one do you choose? You know, which one do you choose? Which one do you, do you know, do you, it's Sophie's choice at that point. And I want to hear the vocal line, but sometimes the vocal line with the drums, I, no, not cutting it. Uh, the, the bass with the uh, clarinet, although melodic, uh, and it does allow you to sing along. So if you want to work on your singing skills, uh, you, could, you could very easily, you could very well uh, do that. Uh, so that's what I really noticed that with. And then there was, and pretty much the Beatles, anything but Pink Floyd. Uh, a lot of those 70s, 60s, 70s bands really did that stuff. They really were heavy on the stereo. Now, not so much. Now they just hit you over the head with stuff. And, uh, it was just like, it's a word, it's a constant wall of sound. Uh, but yeah, so if you're, if you're deaf, if you're like me and you have experienced a hearing loss in one of your ears, you, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about if you listen to headphones before. Uh, and then people ask me then too, people ask me then too, you know, uh, like uh, when I'm wearing the, the, the earbud headphones, like for the iPod, I've said like, by the way, 14 times in a row right there. Uh, when I'm wearing the earbuds for the iPod, I put both of them in. And uh, people say, well, why? Well, because uh, if you don't put both of them in, then people are going to say, why don't you have both of them in? And then if you have just one of them in, then you feel like there was an old man I used to know when I was when I was a younger child. Uh, his name was Harry Brake, believe it or not. And uh, Harry Brake, uh, uh, th- this one's really only for me and my brother Ricky out in Boston eating baked beans right now, rooting for the Red Sox. 
Uh, he had a like a hills. He lived in a senior housing tower, and for some reason, we would we would go visit him with our mother. Uh, just one of those kind of like uh, visit an old person type things. And uh, he had a like a Folgers can, which he used as his spittoon. He was he was a really nice guy. And uh, but I just remember going into his small apartment and and uh, and having that Folgers can as a spittoon. And I don't think he had any teeth left. And uh, I don't know why we're talking about Harry Brake here. Uh, I, I, anyways, I just what was I even talking about before that? We went to the Beatles. Went to the Pink Floyd. Oh, uh, the if you wear the the eye the uh, the the earbud in one ear. Uh, yeah, I always think of Harry Brake because he would have a, uh, the transistor radio and at that point you would only have one earphone and so he would have his one earphone in and then the transistor and a lot of times old hearing aids were the same way too so uh, y- you look like that guy you know I don't have a giant spittoon a Hills Brothers can but that I don't think that Harry made it into the spittoon much of the time uh, he made it in some of the time, but not all the time. Uh, he was a cute old man, though, and uh, I'm sure he's passed on now, or he's 120 years old, one of the two. But uh, a, a, a very nice, very nice man. I don't think I was able to understand much of what he said. And uh, you know, when you're when you're a kid, you don't like going to those. You don't like being around the, the you know the real old people that that maybe. Uh, look a little bit different, or maybe have a giant spittoon in the room, uh, you know, because there's kind of that, that 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 spittoon smell, you know, when you when you especially when you're living in senior senior high rise housing in the 80s, in the early 80s, late 70s, was not known for its air circulation or ventilation or air conditioning or much of anything other than electricity, and uh, you know, you kind of dread going to those places. Another uh, another gentleman we knew at that point too. We'd go visit, and I don't know if he lived in the same place, but his name was Joseph Stillday. Uh, he was a Native American gentleman, and uh, I, I believe he was he was uh, d- deaf uh, or just mute. I'm not 100 percent positive, uh, but he he had he was cool, or I thought, and and he was cool, uh, but because he um, would go down by the Mississippi and he would collect agates, okay? So he'd go down to the shore and he'd get agates and he had an an, an agate polisher where he would uh, polish up these agates and then he would build things from them and he built this this super sweet lamp clock and uh, it was at my house forever. It was at the bottom of the stair where you'd walk down the stairs and right there would be uh, Joseph Stilday's agate clock and I wonder what happened to that thing lost in the shuffle somewhere probably in someone's house right now and they don't understand the the significance of where it came from that a a man named Joseph Stillday would go down to the Mississippi and collect agates and polish them up and put these things together and he was uh, if not deaf he was uh, you know deaf and mute and uh and uh he put this stuff together but he, he was a highly religious man too and I'm sure he's passed on too. He's moved up to the great gig in the sky again, unless he's 120 to 130 years old as well, which he very well may be. I just hope to, to sweet, sweet Lord that he doesn't live in that senior housing anymore. Not that I have any problems with senior housing. Senior housing has come a long way uh, since those days. 
in most instances. Um, so uh, back to the whole the, the Beatles thing, uh, the left, the right, and whatever. Uh, again, I encourage everyone to get their hearing checked and uh, to make sure that you're not experiencing hearing loss in either ear because if you do, uh, you'll eventually know the, 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 the pain, the pain I suffer and the pain that I rise above. <laughs> yeah, like my life is that miserable uh, of listening to the beat. Yeah, listen to me. My life is so miserable when I was a kid and I'd get my new CDs and I'd listen to the Beatles. I could only hear the drums and the bass, not everything at the same time. It is miserable. It's a miserable existence I have, I tell you that. Uh, so anyways, here we are at another episode of the Otis and James Blogcast Super Super Hour. Super Hour, of, and it's not going to be an hour. This one will be a quick one. Uh, I recently did one that was the clocked in about 46 minutes, and I don't know if that one will ever see the light of day. Uh, sometimes you just got to do these things back to back. You just got to say, you know what, that 46-minute one, and that one took a turn for the weird after a while. It it, it was opening up my, my brain a little bit too much. Uh, you were seeing inside of things the way that they shouldn't be seen inside of. It was you were butterflying, open my forehead and looking right inside and seeing the old the old sponge inside of your head. That's what it's called now, kids. Not a brain, it's a sponge in the head. Old sponge head, they called me. Uh, so we'll, we're going to take it's open mic Friday, the Friday, July 3rd, TGIF. Member, mention my name, get a free basket of shrimp poppers. Mm-hmm. Steak shooters, shrimp poppers, tequila slammers, whatever you need. They got them on special Fridays all day long. Mention notice, sent you, and you'll be good to go. So uh, we'll, we'll do open mic Friday like Rush L. Rashbo does. Uh, unfortunately, um, we don't have a system set up to accept calls. Uh, so that's not going to work out too well. So we just might listen to myself breathe here for a bit. Now, for those of you new to the blogcast, which market research has shown a total of about eight to nine people listen to it, seven of them being me listening from different computers, and and the other two people are usually people looking on the internet for Otis Redding or James Otis from the from the the Revolutionary War, I believe. Uh, and if you're here looking for James Otis, uh, I encourage you to keep listening because I may give you some information on him later. Or I may not. The only way you'll find out is by listening. Uh, and so, uh, for those of you who are familiar with the blog, or not familiar with the blogcast, or even familiar with the blogcast, and you've just passed out during previous listens to it, uh, it it's it's an opportunity for me to uh, stick my uh, my 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 uh, theoretical hand into the cyberspace and to shake your hand and say welcome to the inside of my mind for 5 to 10 to 20 to 35 minutes usually about 35 to 45 minutes sometimes an hour and a half it's like a lecture except it's a lecture about nothing it's like a show about nothing it's a line I used on the previous blogcast my friend that's totally fine with me Uh, so I think that um, and I just I talk about current events things that are going on around us the world we see, the world of illusion, the world of magic. Uh, so today, uh, maybe I'll just tell a story. Maybe I'll just I'll pick out an incident from uh, when I was growing up. Uh, uh, I'm going to tell you a story. This is this is a uh, this is a story uh, of growing up, and I don't think I've told this one before. Uh, I'm pretty sure I haven't. I've told it to some friends before. 
uh, but I don't think I've ever told it to the to the cyber web before like this. Uh, but I'm going to give you some insight into my mind, and 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 there's going to be moral to this thing when it's all said and done. I promise. Uh, but anyways, when I was uh, four or so, four and a half, possibly five years old, uh, we moved from kind of de- like more central Minneapolis to a suburb called Shoreview, uh, home of the shore viewers and uh a suburb we we moved to the burbs and uh uh um when i was four i had this doll and her name was penny okay all right now you snicker all you want you can you can snicker uh and i'm i'm fine with that that's cool but uh and I had this doll named Penny. Now, for those for those of you out there that never had the privilege of meeting my my father, the old man, uh, Bud, as they called him, and I called him, and everyone called him. Uh, Bud was a, uh, a construction man. Worked the construction. Uh, you know, he grew up on the farm. He built things. He had tools. He always had a always had a great tan. You know, smoking a cigarette and you know, and drinking a pot of coffee and going out and swinging that hammer. He was, you know, he was a a, a a man's man. You know, he always reminded me of the Marlboro Man. Uh, like he should be up on a horse wearing a cowboy hat. He had that kind of thousand yard stare thing going on too. That kind of Clinty Eastwood, the Clinty they call it, with the eyes there. But anyways. Uh, and and he when I was born I think he was forty or something like that and so by by this point yeah he's forty four and he's got a four year old boy the boy and uh, the boy has a doll named Penny now the uh, the, you know the mom said well you know he he wants to have this doll and so we let him have this doll and and looking back upon it now I think. you know, he, I, uh, you know, could imagine him thinking, well, why can't he have football or a baseball bat or a, a rifle, something other than a doll named Penny? Uh, but you know, he, he, good enough. You know, he, you know, he always uh, uh, recognized that uh, perhaps I was a little bit different than the rest and loved me all the same. But uh, when we moved. Penny got lost, and I'm going to say quote-unquote lost in the move, and was replaced by a lightsaber. Uh, we, pen, some bad news, we lost Penny in the move. I don't know what happened. She may have jumped ship halfway between Minneapolis and Shoreview. Apparently, Penny wanted to experience life on the streets. She ran away. Last I heard, she was trying to cop drugs somewhere around Lake Street and Chicago Avenue. Anyways, uh, but we have a lightsaber for you where you can lightsaber things in a manly way, which was cool and everything, but I miss Penny. Uh, but, you know, I soon forgot about Penny. Uh, flash forward to many years in the future, actually about six years, five years in the future. I'm 10, 10 and a half, maybe 11. Every every summer, uh, we would come up to my me and my brother and my and, and my dad would would get into the car the, the 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 van, and we would drive up to up to uh, up to North Dakota. We lived in the cities at that time. We'd come up here to visit my aunt and uncle, 
and uh, and, and I looked forward to it. We came over the 4th of July every time. So we always got to see North Dakota during the best time of the year. If you've never been up here in the summertime, I encourage it. The sun stays out till 11 o'clock at night, and the fields are, there's a lovely, there's a smell in the air of, of things growing. I'm not really much of a farm person, but there's a smell of the things growing and, and alfalfa and flax and and uh, it's it's a it's a magical place, and plus there's fireworks everywhere too. Because in the cities you can't have the fireworks, but up here everybody had them. You got them in your car, keep them in your gas tank, whatever you got to do. Shoot a bottle rocket at your face. Who cares? You know, it's if you lose an eye, a lot of people lose their eyes. At least you lost it having fun, right? Uh, so it was, a, it was a different world up here. So look forward to it all the time. Plus. We got to take my dad's work van, his unair conditioned Chevy 10 work van, powder, not powder blue, more of a baby blue. And uh, he would take all of his work stuff out of it, and he went to Axeman Surplus on uh, right off of Snelling Avenue, Snelling and University area in the, uh, the St. Paul area. And got a couple of airline seats from an old, from Northwest Airlines. At that point, it was called Northwest Orient before they politically corrected it up a bit. And he uh, put those in because there were two seats in the front, but that's all there was because it was just a work, it was a cargo van, a work van. But then he bolted those two seats into the floor and they they reclined. They had on the backs of them, there were like, there were TV trays. There were ashtrays built into the, the armrests on them. Because again, in those days, you could just smog away in an airplane. Everyone smoked in an airplane. Everyone brought gas with them and smoked the whole time. That's how air flight used to be. Now, you can't even wear shoes on a flight. Nope. They took that away. Just came down from the FAA not that long ago. Can't wear shoes. And I heard they're getting rid of pants next. So, uh, we had that. And that was awesome. So, around this time, this has got to be 1984 or so, for those of you that were alive during that period, that was the first time the Cabbage Patch Kids they hit it big. Okay, they came out. They they were the hugest thing ever. Now I I was you know I'm different than the rest out there. I'm not I'm not quite the same. And uh, I really I really wanted a Cabbage Patch Kid. All right, I'm not a, not ashamed, not afraid to admit it. It's uh, you know it's, it's part of the deal. When you when you order up a notice, you just don't get the good parts. You get all the parts of it, and and then that's that's how it is. And yeah, my and and there's also that part that wants a Cabbage Patch Kid and they used to have a doll named Penny. Uh, anyways, uh, you know, so I asked for the Cabbage Patch Kid. And they were expensive and hard to come across at that point too. So. Uh, finally, and I think my aunt and uncle got me the Cabbage Patch Kid, uh, and this would be my my dad's sister. Uh, and and again, uh, I'm the, I, I later on in life stepped in my dad's you know uh, shoes, and you know at this point he's still working construction, swinging that hammer. Whoops! Just knocked something on the ground there. Well, I was I was actually doing a pantomime of swinging hammer. I'm gonna look and see what that was. That was my dictionary. Keep it right by me in case I want to make sure word's real. Hold on here one second. I got to get a sip of the water. That's the sound of my chair creaking, by the way. Okay. So I believe that my aunt and uncle... Oh, keep in mind that my dad is still... He's, he's swinging that hammer. He's 
you know, he's out there in the construction site, he's up on a roof, he's putting up stuff and doing siding and sheetrocking and fascia and soffit and things like that that I'll never understand because I, I didn't get that those traits from him at all. So, uh, it, you know, they, they get me the doll, which I'm sure my dad was like, great, they got, got the boy a doll. That's awesome. Do he can just kind of hang out in his room with that and he doesn't he's not going to like bring that to school or anything is he and uh and I didn't because even at that point even though I was incredibly totally stoked that I had a cabbage patch kid uh I knew I couldn't I couldn't bring it to school because even at that young age and and back in those days I was uh oh cheruby would be the word for it I'll try to find a picture if I if I can here and put it up on this on this audio blog a tree cast and uh, a little bit on the more cheruby side is a way to put it slightly angelic with very wide eyes <laughs> and, uh, uh, hadn't hadn't quite been beaten down by the forces of life yet and um, so anyways uh, I had this Cabbage Patch Kid then for you know quite a few months it comes time for July and I'm, and I'm thinking you know uh, uh, by this point my dad's probably thinking uh, you know when is uh, w- when when's he going to grow out of this one you know uh, yeah. so uh, but he, you know I never had any hassle from him at all about it never never one bit you know he, he respected my right to be an individual which for all of you, all of you parents out there that may face similar, uh, similar uh, dilemmas with their children, uh, what I'll tell you is this: is that I respect my father all, all the way, always, always, always had, always will, I will, you know. Well, I mean, obviously I screwed up a lot, but uh, always a deep level of respect, and and I think it's because he respected me. I don't even think I know it's because he respected me. Uh, he may not have always agreed with me, and, but 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 he respected me. Anyway, it's enough about that. We're getting too mushy and sentimental here. Flash forward to July of that year, or end of June. It's right after my birthday. Uh, I've got the uh, the Cabbage Patch Kid. I may have even gotten some some new clothes for the Cabbage Patch Kid. I don't remember the, I don't remember the kid's name anymore. But uh, maybe even gotten some new clothes for the birthday, and then we're planning our big trip, our big yearly trip to uh, North Dakota. And uh, we, you know, get the van loaded up and ready to go. And we, my parents had this luggage set. It was it was a blue plastic luggage set. It was the kind where you had like a papa suitcase and a mama suitcase and a couple other ones that they all fit inside of each other. And thought it was awesome. Well, there was the uh, there was the real small one, the baby one, that was probably meant for like cosmetics and makeup and stuff like that. But I figured out because I opened up the closet where the old uh, suitcases were at, and because I said, "Well, you know, I knew in my head, I got to bring this Cabbage Patch kid up with me." But I, I just can't. I don't want because he's you know he's expensive, and uh, I just can't leave him. You know, just can't you know leave him in the truck. I don't want anyone to take him or anything like that. And plus, I wanted to be comfortable on the way up there, so I uh, I take the smallest that that cosmetic suitcase. And I, I put the Cabbage Patch in there, perfect fit, absolute perfect fit. This Cabbage Patch kid was going to be riding in style. May have even, 
crafted a little bed inside there for the Cabbage Patch Kid too to be comfortable on the way up there. I'm I'm thoughtful like that. And uh, so pack the Cabbage Patch Kid up, uh, bring him in there. I'm not necessarily 100% sure that uh, my dad knew I brought the Cabbage Patch Kid, uh, just knew that we had another suitcase in there. Uh, but my brother knew, and my brother was older, and he he wasn't a doll aficionado quite like I was. He was a little bit more on the manly man side. However, uh, uh, his skills with a hammer probably weren't uh, much better than mine. Although as time has gone by, he's become more on the handy side, quite a bit more on the handy side than than I am. I can't I can't I can't do anything when it comes down to. Uh, to uh, carpentry and stuff like that, I, I really wish I would have gotten those skills, but I, I never picked up that skill set at all. And but uh, but I I look at it like this: it's people like me that uh, employed my father back in the day because when I need something done, yeah, like I need a picture up on the wall, make a call because we got to find something to, to hang it with. Because all I have is a screwdriver and a nail clipper; those are the only two tools I have. So anyways, uh, it's summertime, and we, we're, this is an unair-conditioned work van. The, the back windows are the kind that pop out just a little teeny bit in the bottom. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. They're old-school type, and, uh, and that's it. And, of course, the front two windows on this van roll down, too. It's hot. It's real hot. And we're traveling. We're, we're traveling across the state and everything like that. And from time to time, I'm checking on the old Cabbage Patch Kid, just making sure he's doing all right, you know, just popping that thing open, looking in there. Cabbage Patch Kid sleeping as comfortable as could be. He's going to wake up. We're going to be in North Dakota. And I was stoked to bring this thing up here, okay? Now, you have to look at this from an outsider's perspective, too. Uh, we'll just step back for a second here. Uh, here's my dad. He's bringing his two sons up to North Dakota, and I think by this point, my brother, my brother Eric, he may have just been getting into his punk rock phase. So he's got the one boy, which has like the wonder mullet. That would be Eric, and uh, you know, is kind of getting a little bit more edgy. And then he's got the other boy dragging a doll with him. Okay, that would be me. And uh, he's going back to his place of birth, which is a farm in the middle of very rural North Dakota, where, uh, uh, you, you know, uh, my, my dad's brother, his children are working on the farm. You know, they're working in the sun and they're working with animals and fixing tractors and working on cars and and then here comes here comes Bud with his two boys, and the ones the ones got the old the old mohawk thing, and the other one has got a doll with him. What what the hell are you doing to the boys down there? What kind of what kind of weird life do they have down there? Uh, you know, but it took it took courage on his behalf because I'm not sure I would have brought us up here uh, but uh, he did and and again our family up here was very accepting of us too uh, they may not have understood uh, where we were coming from but but they were, they were very accepting so anyways uh, we're traveling through we're getting our way we're traveling into North Dakota and and we're we stop at the the Big Chief Cafe uh, and I'm not 100% sure what town that's in. That's in Carrington, maybe. Not 100% sure. You can look it up in your own your own free time. 
We stop to get some food, and it's hot. It's the middle of the afternoon now. It's probably one, two o'clock in the afternoon, and and the North Dakota, the North Dakota summertime can be beautiful, but sometimes during during the summertime it can be a little bit on the oppressive side. And uh, uh, we go inside, and and I haven't checked on the doll for a long time. A Cabbage Patch Kid haven't done that one bit. And uh, go inside the the big chief, and uh, I have some vittles, and uh, we come out, and and my brother he he'd been riding me pretty mercilessly about the fact that I had brought my doll with me the whole time, and uh, I was just like, shut up, just leave me alone, and uh, you know uh, the that the, the movie uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Um, uh, I wasn't very Napoleon-like, but that's the way that he acted was kind of the way I like the way he acted toward his uh, uncle Rico or cousin Rico, whatever it was, is kind of how me and my brother got along. Anyways, uh, um, uh, I, I we got done eating, and the very first thing I wanted to do was check on the Cabbage Patch Kid, you know. So we open up the back doors of the old work van, and my dad goes up there. I think maybe he's filling up with some gas or something like that. And I, I uh, pull out the, the small cosmetic suitcase. So it's, 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 it's bad enough that I'm bringing a doll with me across the, across the country to North Dakota uh, to show off, apparently, to, <laughs> to, my, to my, 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 my cousins and my aunt and my uncle. Uh, look, I brought a doll. I'm 11. I brought a, I want a Cabbage Patch Kid. It's awesome. I'm going to be playing with my doll if you need me. Uh, but, uh, so we, we go into the truck and, uh, I take out the cosmetic suitcase and I pop it open. It's been a while, probably since morning, since I looked at the old Cabbage Patch Kid there. Well, for those of you that are familiar with Cabbage Patch Kids, the heads, uh, the bodies are, are maybe more of a cloth type thing. Uh, but the, the heads are kind of like a rubbery kind of a thing, you know what I mean? And the hair is yarn-like, but the head is a, is a rubbery thing. And uh, uh, pop open that suitcase, and uh, t- to my horror, I open this up, and I look inside, and I see an image that will stick with me until the end of time. It's the Cabbage Patch the Cabbage Patch Kids, and, and I think there's a mental reason why I blocked this out of my mind, what, what the kid's name was. The Cabbage Patch Kid's head has melted <laughs> and completely formed to the back of the cosmetics bag. And all you see then is the tufts of yarn and these two Cabbage Patch eyes... <laughs> staring up at at me and my brother sees it and thinks it's the most hilarious thing ever which you know I look back at it now and think it is too at the time however a little bit on the highly traumatized side that my cabbage patch kid that I had taken care of and fostered for so long that I'd packed inside of a lovely cosmetics bag and made a lovely bed for and and we'd made it all the way to Carrington we're, we're practically an hour, maybe two hours away from our destination point, and now has a head which is literally flat, like a just like a pancake. But these eyes, these eyes are just staring. Just these cabbage patch eyes were staring up. Why did you put me in a suitcase? Why did you leave me in the truck? Why didn't you take me with you inside the restaurant? 
Why would you do it? Would you put yourself in a suitcase? Would you do? Would you travel from Minnesota to North Dakota in a suitcase? It's a hundred degrees outside. My head's made of rubber. What do you think's gonna happen? I don't know what happened to the Cabbage Patch Kid after that. We may have given him a funeral. Knowing me, we probably did. I, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. So uh, that's uh, that's a story, and that's a that's a glimpse in the life of Otis. For, one ten-year-old Otis in the summer of 1984, the summer of the of the Los Angeles Olympics, the summer of Purple Rain, uh, the summer of uh, I don't know, the summer of Reagan, the summer of all sorts of things, the summer that one chunk of my youth got taken away via the melting of the head of a Cabbage Patch Kid at a at the Big Chief Cafe in Carrington. And that was 1984, and here we are. What is this now? 2009, 84, 94, 2004, 25. We're coming up on the 25th anniversary of the loss of my Cabbage Patch Kid. A moment of silence, please, from all of you out there. So, uh, uh, that's it. Uh, and I don't know what the, what the moral of that story was. It was just a glimpse in. I think the moral of the story is this. If you want to play with dolls, play with dolls. If you want to bring a Cabbage Patch Kid across the country, don't put him inside of a suitcase. Bring him with you. Bring the suitcase with you. You don't have to even open it up. Just bring it with you in the restaurant. They got air conditioning inside there. If, uh, you know, you got a freak flag and you want to let that thing fly let it fly it don't make no difference what people think about you it doesn't make a difference at all because it just matters how you feel about yourself i was proud of myself i was happy with myself for the most part i was happy with myself uh i think that uh you know they 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 say about children you know, the greatest thing about children is they don't they don't realize uh like you know a, a kid will have no problem running around naked you know like a, a three-year-old i would just hey i'm naked whatever you, you, get, you get like a 10-year-old and, and or an 11-year-old, and it's like, oh, sweet Lord, I, I want to wear 20 layers of clothes at all times because I'm not comfortable with myself. I think that sometimes by letting the old freak flag fly and being comfortable with who you are, it's one of the best things you can do. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not advocating running around naked uh, in public situations because you will be arrested, and I don't want to be responsible for that. But I'm just saying, if you got a doll, you want to bring it somewhere, you go for it. Just be yourself. And that's it. We celebrate diversity here at theotisandjames.com. It's Diversity uh, Awareness Day on today, today February, th- March, April, so whatever it is, 4th, 2009. <laughs> Remember this July, have a moment to light. Oh, I'm gonna, probably going to be having a memorial somewhere. Uh, it'll probably be uh, July 1st, July 2nd, somewhere for my Cabbage Patch Kid. Now, when I say we buried my Cabbage Patch Kid, I think that that means we kind of put it into the trash can somewhere. Uh, the rest of the trip, I was fairly quiet, and uh, yeah, that was it. Okay, well, I think I've revealed too much about myself. Remember, if you have any questions, please send us an email, the old email at the email.jamesandotis.com. And uh, that's it. Uh, remember... Uh, freak flag, fly, doll, good, penny, gone. 
Last anybody saw, Chicago Lake. Heard she held up a liquor store last year. Things have not turned out well for her. Cabbage Patch Kid, maybe somewhere near Carrington. If you see one with a flat head that's very wide with two desperate-looking eyes who's just pissed, why would he leave me in the suitcase? Would you leave any any creature in a... I'm going to bring my dog on a trip. I'm going to put it in a suitcase and leave it in the car. Why would you do it to me? Uh... Just tell him to email me at the old email, the email on james.otis.com, and uh, I'll I'll give him some money or something like that. And that's it. Much love, my good friends out there. Love each other. Take care of each other. We only got one life, and you got to enjoy it while we can, right? Right. Be safe. I love you all. Much love, much love, much love. Goodbye. Be sure to join us again for another edition of the Otis and James Radio Hour.